CW, you older people, by the way. Happy Valentine's Day. Amen. So I have something I need to do. Hang on. Woo. All right, this is going to be good. <laughs> well, we're so glad you're here. We have been, if you're new here today, uh, we have started a new series a couple weeks ago. This is our third uh, third week, and we're going to do it one more week next week of just Elizabeth and I talking a, um, about some real, real talks about real issues. And um, we've talked about um, love, um, unconditional agape love, if you remember from a couple weeks ago. And then last week we talked about reaping and sowing and uh, doing unto others as we would want to be done to, to us. And you know, I was talking with a family this morning before service, and really, if we can begin to get it right at home, things in the world are going to start going right. Um, so I just want to encourage you, this is just um, kind of us talking about issues that we believe that families are going through and that our families go through, and just would ask you to kind of uh, go along with this kind of at-home conversation that we're trying to start. And before we get going, let me just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for your presence and your power. You're here so mightily. Um, I, I can feel you. Uh, we just acknowledge your greatness and, Lord, our great need of you. And, Lord, we just ask right now that you would just teach us, that, Holy Spirit, you would just lead us and guide us into all truth, and that we would hear your word and that we would be a doer of your word. Lord, we just ask for your mercy and grace right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today I have kind of, not kind of, I titled Forgive Me or Forgive Me Not. Um, and today is on forgiveness. And just want to ask you a question that I hope you would answer. It's rhetorical, but you can answer if you want. But when you forgive, who are you helping the most? Yourself. A lot of times when I forgive someone else, they're not even there for me to forgive them. It's really just something down deep in my spirit, and the person doesn't even know it, may not even know I was carrying unforgiveness toward that person. But it affects me so, mu so much. But when you forgive, you are helping yourself. But what I want you to, one thing I want you to catch is that when you forgive someone, you release them to God. Do you know so many times when we hold on forgiveness, I believe that God says, look, as long as you're going to hang on to it, I'm not going to get involved in it. But if you will let go, if you will let that person go, God, I believe God would say, I can now work with that situation. I can work with you and I can work with that person. But as long as you want to do it yourself, I'm going to let you. Uh, we've learned on Wednesday night on boundaries about how God lets us make choices. He does not make us do anything. And he will not make you forgive. But he will show you that if you will, it's such an awesome thing. So uh, if we can grasp today that the person you are helping when you forgive is you. The, the people that you're helping is your family. You are helping your situation when you forgive. And don't anybody raise their hand, but here, who here has held an unforgiveness before? Oh, you raised your hand. We hold it. It's easy. But I want you to know that when we, when we forgive, do you know what we're doing? We're sowing a seed of obedience to God. And do you remember God would say, I can't bless what you haven't sown. 
You can pray for tomatoes all day long, but if you haven't sown tomatoes, you're not getting tomatoes. But if you will sow the seed of, for, of forgiveness, which is obedience, and how many of you know it takes God to forgive? Why? Because it doesn't come natural. When you hurt me, the first thing I'm, thinking, I'm not thinking is, oh, I should forgive you. No, I'm thinking um, many other things that thankfully usually don't make it out of my mouth. How many times, though, when, when you get your buttons pushed, sometimes those do make it out of your mouth, and now you're in trouble. Now you're in a mess. But I want you to know that when we forgive, it releases God to do his work on me and on that other person. Amen? Amen. Amen. And let's just think for a minute what it does to our health when we hang on to unforgiveness and how that causes so many problems when we're holding that unforgiveness and bitterness in our, in our hearts that it's detrimental to our well-being. And uh, you actually had some information from John Hopkins that you looked up and shared with me. I do. Uh, there was a study shown, and I, I want you to know uh, my wife is a researcher. So I can't get, give statistics that don't have that aren't backed up. If I say 50% said choose this type of toothpaste, she'd say, "Who said?" <laughs> so I of course have a link here to John Hopkins, and I put it there. And she goes, "What are you going to do? You're going to show a video?" I said, "No, that's a link to show you that this is an actual research. <laughs> it's on here. It's not for you. He it's has for to her." Prove it. Because what can happen, how many of you men know that sometimes you can go through life and you haven't talked to your wife and then you get put on stage and it's like, oh, we haven't talked about this. <laughs> so that's why we have this. But I want you to know that um, there, studies have shown that people that hold unforgiveness, it affects their health. Mm -hmm. It affects blood pressure. It affects serious disease and illness. It affects your cholesterol. It, it causes heart disease. It causes anxiety. It causes stress. Mm -hmm. It hurts you. Mm -hmm. It hurts the one that carries the unforgiveness, not the one that did it to you. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we're, we're going to back to David. And if you ever watch the story of David in the Psalms, I mean, he's saying, Lord, make them gnash their teeth and go defeat my enemies and just kill them while you're out there. And that's what we're praying. Lord, go get them. Go get them. But what's happening is bitterness is creating in us, and we're starting to get stressed. And we don't realize we get stressed with our spouse, but it's because I'm carrying an unforgiveness towards somebody else. Mm -hmm. I'm not mad at her. I don't hate her. But I've got this thing digging at me. And how many, how many of you know that when there's stress in the home, it causes problems? Mm -hmm. Definitely. It causes problems in relationship, but it causes problems in my health. Mm -hmm. I do not deal well with stress. Anybody else? And studies have shown in the natural, in the secular world, that forgive, unforgiveness will cause you health problems. Mm -hmm. So those are kind of, that's one of the benefits of forgiven, forgiving. But if we go back to last week, and you remember the sowing and reaping, um, doing unto others, it says in uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 37, this was our scripture from last week, do not judge and you won't be judged, do not condemn and you won't be condemned, forgive and you'll be forgiven, Amen. so, so, if I'm struggling with someone not forgiving me, 
I don't need to go and command them, hey, the Word of God says you're supposed to forgive me. Does that ever work? No. Have you ever told your wife that? You're not doing the Word of God. You should forgive me. Oh, my gosh. She'll need to forgive me for that statement. Even though it's true, my problem is my problem. If I will forgive, I will be forgiven. Scripture also says that the Lord will forgive us if we will forgive. Now, that's a problem I can't have. I need the Lord to forgive me. He is the only one that can wash me clean of my sins. Not my spouse, not my family, not my job, not my efforts. Only the Lord. And when I stop forgiving and the Lord stops forgiving, I have a problem. It's not my spouse's fault. It's not my boss's fault. It's my problem. Do you hear me? If we would take ownership and responsibility of our own issues, we'd start to come out of them. Somebody say amen. 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 So, Don't judge, and you won't be judged. Don't condemn, and you won't be condemned. If you'll forgive, you'll be forgiven. Now, I want to use this word lightly here, but it is a command. God gives us instructions. Let me me use it that word, as instructions. God gives us instructions. Even though this is a command, he's not going to make us do it. Do you hear me? I'm going to finish with a word that I believe is going to be a good revelation word for you. But it says in Colossians chapter 3, make allowance for each other's faults. Right there is a great start. Why? Because your spouse will mess up. So go ahead and prepare for it. Don't be shocked when your spouse makes a mistake. And please, wives, don't be shocked when your husband does something stupid. It's not a matter of will they do it, it's when they'll do it. Um, Don't raise your hand. Who got here today, men, and forgot it was Valentine's Day? (laughs) Did you hear that? Some of the women go, oh. (laughs) We mess up. It's a day I don't forget because I have learned that over the years. I don't learn much, but I learned that one. Yeah, it was a good thing to learn. But it says, make allowance for each other's fault and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must, not you can, not you should, but you must. Mm -hmm. Who must? Not others, me. Mm -hmm. Amen? I think this goes back to when we, we started this little real talk series and we talked about unconditional love and loving each other regardless and loving each other in spite of. And I think that making allowances for each other's faults and just forgiving one another is that unconditional love of, you know what, I love you, I forgive you. You're gonna mess up and it's okay. I mean, and I think the whole thing is And it's funny because I was just talking with one of our children about this last night. And let me say, this isn't just spouse, you know, relationships. This is best friend relationships. This is sister relationships. This is parent-child relationships. But we've got to make allowances for each other's faults. And I was talking to one of our kids last night about how, you know, regardless of what you ever do, I'm going to love you. I mean, 
regardless, you could tell me anything, and I may be shocked. It may take me some time alone with the Lord to be able to, like, you know, wrap my head around it, but I love you. I'm going to forgive you, and I'm going to walk with you. And I think that that's making allowances for each other's faults and forgiving them. And, and it's, I think that's what we got to remember here is it's a, it's a mandate from God. I mean, this is how God instructs us. And the truth is, if we're going to have successful relationships, we have got to make allowances for each other's faults. We have got to walk in love and forgiveness because nobody's perfect. And if we're not doing that, you know what? I, like, don't want to be too harsh, but we're going to end up lonely. Because you know what? When you're not forgiving, you're isolating yourself. And you're stepping back and saying, you know what? I'd just rather not be with you. I'm mad at you, and I'll just be by myself and be mad. And isolation is a scary thing. So you pick it up. It's really deep. This is, this is a deep-rooted issue that if you can somehow get some breakthrough here, it is going to change your life. And I want you to know that even on the simple things, when we're sitting at the dinner table and I make some stupid wisecrack and Elizabeth's like, why did you even open your mouth? <laughs> and, you know, forgiveness can take place there. But when she forgives me, she is not saying it's okay to continue to behave that way. Forgiveness is not making it okay for what the person's done. It's not okay. If you remember, if you guys have been coming on Wednesday nights, this message on boundaries, the key scripture is guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it flows. Mm -hmm. Flows the our life. life. Flows yeah. the issues of life. So when, when a spouse or when a friend forgives, it's not saying it's okay for you to continue to hurt me that way. It's not. Right. But I'm no longer going to hold you accountable for that one. I'm going to forgive you and release you. And expect God to move in my heart and fill that hurt and to deal with my friend. God, I give you the freedom to love on or do whatever you need to do on that person. But I don't take responsibility and hold that unforgiveness any longer because it's sin. Mm -hmm. And I'm not supposed to do it. You are the beneficiary of, of forgiveness. Now, as Elizabeth was speaking, I could feel someone in this room saying to themselves, I'm not letting go of this no matter what. It's okay. I want you to know, you're the one doing it. Your choices is going to have an impact on your life. And you can choose that. No one's trying to take your choice. Not even God. He's not taking your choice. It's your choice. But I pray for you right now to consider that the Lord is good and anything other than him is bad. His way is good. His way is on purpose. His way is a purpose for you. So just consider. Just say, okay. I'm really not considering, but okay. I'll consider it. Forgiving that person. But Pastor Paul, you don't know what they did to me. I don't. God does. Amen. And I do want to just... As you said that, I felt the Lord quicken inside of me. Being a woman and being in ministry, I have heard a lot of very horrible 
blessings that women have walked through. I know that men have walked through abuses as well, but I have had women come to me and say, how do you forgive somebody who raped your child? Or how do you forgive somebody who, who how do I forgive when somebody raped me? You know, and they've said those things to me. How, how do I forgive somebody who abused me so badly? And I want to tell you, you are not saying it's okay. It is not okay what that person did. It is not okay what they did to your child. It is not okay what they did to you. That is not what forgiveness is. But what you're doing is you're releasing them and forgiving them. And I'm telling you, you can only do it through the Holy Spirit. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And it takes the Holy Spirit in you, flowing in you to forgive and to release somebody. And I want to remind you, you're not putting a stamp of approval on what they did, but you're saying, Lord, you are the righteous judge, and you see it, and you saw it, and you know. And that person's accountable to you, and I release them in the name of Jesus, and I forgive them. And so I just want to encourage you. I know, it's, I know it can be that bad. I've heard horrible stories, and I'm so sorry if you are one of those people that has one of those horrible stories. But I want you to know that Father God loves you, and he is with you, and he never leaves you or forsakes you. And he's going to help you. And let me tell you, he is a righteous God. And he saw it, and he's your daddy. Amen. I just amen to myself. It's, it's real. Yeah. And when you forgive a situation like Elizabeth just said, it doesn't mean you go right back to the same relationship that you had. The relationship will change. But will you allow the Lord to restore you? Yeah. And restoration is so beautiful. And let me, let me just bring you some hope. If you're one of those hurting, like I just described, when God restores, he restores better than what it ever was. I mean, you think about Job, he restores better. He restores better. It's what he does. It's who we serve. So you don't have to sit around broken and, and feeling like you're half of a person because he restores. And he's looking to restore you. Amen. Let's Amen. move on from that, maybe lighten things up a little. Mark, <laughs> Mark chapter 11, verse 25 says, when you are praying, when you are praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. There is a connection between your forgiveness and the Lord answering your prayers. It's another big reason. I, I'm the type of person that needs to know why we should do this. What happens if I don't? What happens if I do? God does not just give these demands and not give us the the pros and cons. Mm -hmm. He knows how we're made. He knows we want to try to understand. So he says, if you go this way, this is going to happen. If you go this way, this is going to happen. Choose this way because it's better. And then he says, okay, now go make your decisions. And the word says here that when we're praying, forgive. Before you give God your big laundry list of what you need, forgive. Lord God, who do I have in my heart that I need to forgive? Show me. Mm -hmm. And you know an amazing thing? He will. 
you'll think of that person from college that you haven't thought about in years. I had a guy from college that I held unforgiveness for for years. And the Lord kept reminding this person to me. And I'm like, why does that person keep coming up? And being the doofus that I can be, I didn't get it. Until finally, I was probably preaching a message on forgiveness. And God's like, nah, yeah, that's it. That's, that's what I was talking that's about. That's the one you need to forgive. That one. So, can I encourage you to? You're not going to get that feeling, oh, I feel like forgiving today. Yeah, that's the truth. I'll wait until I feel good about this person. It won't come. Mm -hmm. Satan's got you. He'll never allow that sun to shine. Every time you see that person, you'll remember what happened. And all of a sudden, you live in chains, remembering your past and your hurt. Where the Lord's saying, hey, I can deal with that. I can help you with that. But you have to forgive. It's not based on a feeling. If you're waiting for a feeling, it's not going to come. Mm -hmm. Quit waiting for the feeling because it's yeah. not going to come. And there's no limits. Have you all read that scripture? You all know this one? This is a great one. Uh, how many times should I forgive that person? And could I please put a number on it? Seven times? Up to seven times? God, that's a lot. I don't know that I could even do seven. What did the Lord say? Uh, no. Seventy times seven. Basically, about 500 times a day. Does that person need forgiving 500 times a day? Well, what if they do it 501? I got a, I got a spouse that does it 501 times a day. Then go ahead and do that one too. Just go ahead. Include that one. How many times do I have to do this? As many times as it takes. As many times as you grab hold of an unforgiveness. Mm. The problem's not the other person. The problem's you. Yeah, they're hurting you, but you're grabbing what shouldn't be grabbed. You're grabbing what's mine. Give that to me. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to walk around with that mess. Mm -hmm. I don't want my kids to carry around baggage that they're not supposed to carry around. So let's give that to, give that to me. Y'all know the song, Take Your Burdens to the Lord and Leave It There? That's one of those old school ones. You young people need to go back and look in those hymnals. Those hymnals have songs in them. <laughs> they're green. Ours are green. I think ours are still green. They're there. We yeah. use them for forgiveness now. If it's funny how we've transitioned now, we use them to place it on the altar when we have unforgiveness. Get ready. I'm going to tell you all that in a minute. We still have a function for hymnals in the church. But if you open those books up, they're songs. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord. Leave it there. If you'll trust and never doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord. Leave it there. Sounds pretty. Well, thanks. They sounded pretty. Oh. You sounded pretty, but it's Valentine's Day. Say something good about me today. <laughs> Amen. Let me give you another little uh, reason. Do you guys remember the story of the unforgiving servant? This is from Matthew chapter 18. Go back and read this one. Mm -hmm. But it's a story of a man that had a debt, and this master came to him and said, it's time for you to pay your debt. And it was a debt unsurmountable. $10 million could never be paid back. The guy could never earn it enough so large that he could not pay it. And this man that, that owed the debt said, 
please have mercy on me. I will pay it. I will do everything that I can to pay it. And do you know what the master did? He wiped it clean. An unsurmountable debt wiped it clean. And the man left. The man that was just forgiven of this unsurmountable debt ran down one of his buddies that owed him a hundred bucks and told him if he didn't pay it back, he was going to have him put in chains and have his family sold and held him to that standard. And the, the man that owed the hundred said the same thing, if you'll just have mercy on me, I will get this worked out. The man didn't have mercy, and he had him thrown in jail. Well, one of the servants went back to the master, the big guy, and said, hey, did you hear what this dude did? The dude you just forgave of that huge debt has just now put someone in chains for such a tiny debt. And we pick it up in Matthew chapter 18, verse 34. And the angry king says that he sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. Now this picture is the picture of us and the Lord, how he has forgiven, forgiven us of such an unsurmountable debt. Something that we could never pay on our own. And he paid for that debt with the blood of his son Jesus. But when we hold unforgiveness, can you see the connection? That if we hold unforgiveness, that we will be held to be tortured until we let it go. How many of you have been tortured by your unforgiveness? I have. So can you see the Lord wants you free? The Lord wants you free to be able to release that. There's no reason to hold on to that. You don't have to go set yourself up to be hurt again. But you've got to release that debt because the Lord paid such a debt for you. Amen? You know, just to be real, I think that thinking about holding unforgiveness, I don't know if any of you are like this, but I have held unforgiveness towards people, um, towards people that I'm close to, I, and I have held unforgiveness towards the Lord. And that, that may sound crazy, but I can tell you um, I have struggled before when prayers didn't get answered the way that I thought that they should that I literally was mad at God and held unforgiveness towards the Lord. And you know what? I can tell you that's just where the enemy wants to get you. Because you get to a place where not only is it people that have let you down, but then you feel like, you know what? God let me down. And I just want to encourage you right now, check your heart. Ask the Lord if you're, if you're holding unforgiveness towards anybody, even him. And you know what? We got to think outside of the box. I mean, some of you may think, I would never be mad at God. That sounds crazy. But I can tell you, when I was a young girl who had prayed my little heart out for my mother to be healed, and she died, she died. I was mad. I was so angry. And you know what? Who I was mad at was God. And I can tell you the fear of God is what saved me because I kept running back to him. Lord, and, and I knew. It was like, I can't be mad at you. You're God. You know, but I am. You didn't answer my prayer. And it was, it was really just knowing 
better than to completely turn my back on him, which I would completely attribute to just fearing God. Like, I love you, God. Okay. And I would just keep running back, keep running back. And you know what? That's where I said earlier, God restores. I know that restoration because he restored me from that. And I forgave. I forgave him. I forgave people around me. And I can tell you, it's real. Because when you're holding unforgiveness, the person that you're hurting is yourself. You can see right there, that angry king sent that man to prison to be tortured until he paid his entire debt. Like, tortured. And I'm telling you, inside my spirit, I was tortured. Until I finally released it. And you said, let it go. Let it go. Every time I think about it, you know what? I'm just going to release it to you, God. I'm just letting it go. I think about the little song, let it go, we could sing. But I'm not going to, like he does. Go ahead. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> He's the musician in the family. I'm not. It's not true. No, it is. Um, but anyways, you know, just let it go. And let that restoration go. period took four years. It did. It took it didn't four happen long years in my life. This stuff takes time. It did. But I kept running back to the Lord. I kept running back to the Lord. And I'm telling you, forgiving is difficult because I would pick it up. And I would hurt some more, and I'd carry it around, and then I'd have to lay it back down. Um, but, yeah, God is good. God is good. And he keeps giving us those gentle little reminders. So if you're getting a gentle little reminder, just know that is the goodness of God. He is loving you today. If he is bringing to your mind people you need to forgive, that is the goodness of God. He's wanting you to be free. It's kind of backwards to think this, but every time you think about that unforgiveness that you're holding, it is the Lord prompting you to get that out. Mm-hmm. You think it's Satan trying to get you to fall off the wagon over and over, but the Lord is trying to show you, hey, this is an issue. Let me give you one more scripture. It says, in your, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Did you catch that? You give the devil a stronghold when you hold on to that anger. Mm-hmm. You give the devil an open door to you when you hold on to anger. Let it go. Mm-hmm. Release that. Release that. And Can I, I tell you that, the, that, that Satan cannot have a stronghold if you don't give him a foothold? If you don't give him a foothold... He can't get a stronghold. But if you give him that open door, he'll take it. The Lord will let you put your guard down. This unforgiving servant had a choice, and he made a choice and paid the consequences. Amen. I was just going to say, I think this is a way to have a healthy relationship, too, to not let the sun go down on your anger. Um, Because when we're married or, like, with our children, for example, even our parents, our friendships— you know what? Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Fix it before you go to sleep. Fix it before you lay your head down on your pillow at night. And if you can't fix it, release them. Supernaturally, release them in Jesus' name. But I think about how many people hold on to anger and they use it as manipulation. 
Like, I'm mad at you. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to go to bed, and we won't talk. And like that helps anything. And I think about poor children, like whose parents get mad and just stop talking to them. That doesn't help anything. Don't, don't, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Go ahead and work it out because you know what happens when we do that? It's exactly what, what he was saying. The devil comes in and we've just given him a real stronghold into a relationship or into our hearts um, and really into both. Amen. So as we close, I want to just give you a couple steps. How do you forgive? Number one, you've just got to decide. I don't want to do this. I don't feel like doing this. But I know the Holy Spirit's leading me and showing me this person, this thing, this situation. You know, sometimes it's a situation. Sometimes it's a circumstance. It's not always just a person. But the Lord keeps bringing this to your mind. And your spouse will tell you, say, hey, have, I, have you noticed me talking about certain things more than than others, you know, out of your mouth will come your heart. Mm-hmm. If I ask my and wife, do you know anybody I'm upset with? Do not say that right now, by the way. I won't say that, honey. <laughs> and for the we'll record, that later. I don't think that you are. Thank but you. Yeah. But you've got to make a decision. Okay. I had Greg and Joyce Key at a ball game one time. Um, we're sitting there at a ball game, and she goes and talks to someone, and she goes, I just ran into somebody from your childhood. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> what they and say? And <laughs> apparently, you were a bully to him. Oh. What? Who? Oh God. Oh, I just love you right now, Jesus. This is just awesome. What am I going to have to do? And sure enough, I had to go and confront it right there because it was a deacon's wife. I had to go do that right there. No, you know, I'm, don't I'm say kidding. That. But you know what? I saw that as an opportunity for the Lord to say, you know what? Cup's not completely clean yet. Go get it right. I'm going to give you another opportunity for me to bless you. Mm-hmm. You can choose this or you can choose not to. And I will be honest with you, Joyce. I wanted to run at first. Like, I don't want to do that. I've not seen him since sixth grade. But the Lord said, nope. Go set him free. And if, I, if there's something in him that he's held on to, we're going to give him a chance to set it free. That wasn't my problem. I didn't have to say, hey, now you need to go forgive me. Like, will you forgive me? Mm-hmm. The guy said, of course. Yay. That was good. That was hard. Yay. So Amen. you got to decide. Make a decision. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to depend. You can't do this on your own. Mm-hmm. You cannot do this on your own. This does not come natural. You need the Lord to help you do this. Amen. And then the final thing, move. Obey. Yeah. Follow the Lord's instruction. Mm-hmm. You are the beneficiary. God's going to bless you. God's going to restore you and move in your heart. He's going to release you from being tortured of stress and anxiety and pain Mm -hmm. and fill that back up with his heart, his mercy, his love. Mm -hmm. So I want to just give you one one little hashtag. Forgiveness is not just a choice. It's my choice. As long as I know it's my choice, I'll do it. If someone is forcing their choice on me, I will reject it like all, like everything I've got in me. Church, forgiveness is your choice. Choose life. Mm-hmm. 
Choose blessing. Mm -hmm. Choose restoration for your life. Amen. Amen. Will you pray for us? Yes. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we just uh, come in this morning, Lord, and we just thank you for your word, Lord. And right now we just ask you, Lord, um, is there any unforgiveness in our hearts? And Lord God, right now I just pray that you would speak to each one of us here. And Lord God, that um, whatever person's come into our mind, whatever situation, Lord God, I just pray right now that... um, Not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, Lord, by your spirit, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would just flow in us and through us, Lord God. And Father God, that we would be able to supernaturally forgive. And Father God, we just release those individuals today in Jesus' name. And we pray, Father God, that you would get involved in their lives, Father. Father God, we thank you that you're the righteous judge, that you see it all. And Lord God, I thank you, Father, for freedom today, freedom today for this people, Lord God, who need to forgive. And Lord God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that you died for us, that you forgive us, that we have been forgiven. And so now, Father God, freely we forgive. We, We sow that today, Father God. We sow forgiveness today, Father. Help us, Father. Help us be a people who forgives. Help us, Father God, walk in love and forgiveness. And we just ask that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Will you guys stand up?